Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess will be with us in a minute. We were on a conference call where we had to work on that. So, hey, uh, welcome. And today's going to be an interesting show because we're going to be talking about uh, some interesting things. Like, for example, uh, people have heard of Glenn Beck. He was a former Catholic, now Mormon. He went to Rome in 2012. And I want to let you know what he found. He says there's a war inside the Vatican. Well, yeah, even non-Catholics are figuring that out. We'll talk about that. Also about America has become the greatest exporter of destructive ideas. Dennis Prager has a really good point on that, that uh, unfortunately the uh, sin that we are allowing in our country, we're spilling it over to the rest of the world. Also, as U.S. goes all in on the child sex changes, check this out. Certain countries in Western Europe are saying, no, that's, that's, not, that's not right. And I, I was like, wow. I thought, you know, they were worse than us in certain ways, but they're coming to a, a knowledge that, hey, this is not the way to go, changing our kids' sex because they feel like they're, they should be a opposite of sex of what they are. So this is what we're going to be talking about. Also, good to know file. I, I saw this on the Drudge Report that the, the, uh, we have the least amount of babies being born. Our population is decreasing these last three or four years. And uh, to lowest levels we've had. Now, I'm, not, I'm, I'm at the end of the baby boomers. But um, uh, if we don't have children, uh, yeah, you can't do anything. I mean, the country's sacked. So I just wanted to mention that to you. That uh, And also, I wanted to mention something about Cardinal Pell. I did an interview with um, Bishop Strickland yesterday talking about the Cardinal Pell case. But uh, for those who don't know it, Cardinal Pell, out, and just a day, hours before he died supposedly, I'll say, because we don't know until, this, until the autopsy comes, what he died of, a heart attack. We suppose that it was a heart attack, but let's see what the autopsy shows because his secretary, Father Joseph, who we've met, is uh, concerned that maybe there's some foul play. So let's check it out. That's what they're doing. But he wrote an article called The Catholic Church Must Free Itself from This Toxic Nightmare. Good to know, file. Read it. It's... Um, it is uh, on the, the Spectator, and uh, man, does he nail it. He's talking about um, the Senate, and uh, he, he calls us out, and he's really uh, critical of it, but I think in a really good way. So that's what we got there, but I want to also uh, mention that we have something special coming at the end of the month. Our friend, he's going to be calling in this week, Dr., excuse me, uh, I, I should say Eric Jenis, He's doing a concert in our chapel. Did it last year. He's, you know, played in Carnegie Hall. This guy's a, the jet best. His whole life is on promoting evangelization through music. It'll happen January 29th at the Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina, starting at 6.30. So it's free. You want to make a free will offering? Fine, but you're going to hear some good music. So I wanted to remind you that. Also remind you that this Friday... Our, our evangelization conference is coming up with Johnny Romero and myself. I mean, we can be so focused on all the problems in the church, we forget our mission is to evangelize and to help people meet the person of Christ, especially in the Holy Eucharist. So if you can't make it, you want to watch it, you can go to vmpr.org and sign up to have it live streamed while you're there. And we have people coming from the Philippines, live streaming it from all parts of the world. So keep that in mind. All right, let's get to the gospel, the uh, gospel of Mark for today's reading, chapter 1, verse 40 to 45. A leper came to him, kneeling down, 
begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched the leper, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy had left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. Then he said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for yourself cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter, to spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in a deserted place and the people kept coming to him from everywhere. <clears throat> the gospel of the Lord. <clears throat> Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Whenever I hear about healing with leprosy, I always relate the leprosy to sin. <clears throat> and how do we get healed from our sin? Go to confession. Our good friend, Father Don Calloway, calls it a diaper change, a spiritual diaper change. <laughs> well, let's be honest. If you don't, if you have been a long time since you've gone to confession, well, now's the time to go. <clears throat> Don't hesitate because we all need to repent and believe in the gospel. And this gospel here shows that the leprosy left him and he was made clean. Well, how are we made clean? Well, we're not made clean by just accepting ourselves. No, we have to repent and believe in the gospel. That's how we're made clean. How do we do that? Through the sacraments. So I want to just keep that in mind when we're talking about the gospel for today. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Bull Sheen ahead. I want to remind everybody, this past month, I think it's two years or three years now, since the beatification of Fulton Sheen was postponed. And I'd like to remind you that uh, we continue praying for his beatification because the church is in great need of Fulton Sheen's intercession as a saint, and his writings will be morally, more read if he becomes beatified. So keep that in mind. I try to pray that every day. All right, here's what Bishop Sheen says for today. It is easy to find truth, though it is hard to face it, and even harder still to follow it. And I think that says it all for us today. Finding the truth. Yeah, we have the truth, but are we willing to follow the truth in these times, meaning that are we willing to stand up for Christ when it means a little persecution at work or in the family? Or maybe a kid doesn't want to hear the truth, your son or daughter, and you have to lovingly give them correction. It's not easy, but you ask for the grace. And what I've always said as you continue to have devotion to your guardian angel, because I say the unemployment rate for guardian angels is way too high, call on your guardian angel to help you share this message with family and friends. Because if it's up to you, it won't happen. Am I right? All right, you know what I'm saying. Collaborate with the angels, with your guardian angel, to share the good news of the gospel, because we're in desperate need of that. When you hear what we're going to be talking about, Today, Jess will be right back on the second segment. And I'll, I'll just give you a teaser. And this is what 
I look at when it comes to evangelization, because it's on my mind since we have the conference coming, should be on your mind all the time, but Saturday we're going to do it. Glenn Beck, a former Catholic, and I remember re- listening to him saying that, yeah, he left the church, he never really knew his faith, but that's so typical. And why didn't he know his faith? Because no one was there to show him the faith. So he ends up becoming a Mormon. But in 2012, he goes to Rome for a visit. He said, I wanted to observe the reality of a deep state within the Catholic Church. Because he had heard, you know, that there were problems in the church. Well, there's always problems, but he wanted to see it. So the Glenn Beck made some stunning uh, remarks about his visit. And and he said, you know, there's a real war going on in Rome. And he can say the war is between the Orthodox, right teaching, and the heterodox. And it's interesting, as a non-Catholic Mormon, he sees this. But he spoke on a show. He said, I grew up Catholic, but, you know, I became a Mormon later. And he said that my comments on Pope Francis' recent statement about demons lurking in the Vatican, it got my attention. And then he went on to discuss the dark maneuvers, the scandals in the Vatican under Benedict XVI's reign that will soon be revealed by Archbishop George Gaswin in his new book titled Nothing But the Truth. It's out now, folks. And you might want to watch an interview that that LifeSite News has got on him telling about the book called My Life with Benedict XVI. Fascinating read. Now, the radio host commented that Benedict's resignation was odd. Okay. And he was asking himself, was there anything else that was going on? Many people said that. Beck then went on to tell his audience a personal story about he and his wife were at the Vatican a year before Benedict's resignation. And when I tell you what he was there for and what happened, it's really alarming as a committed Catholic. So you're going to want to hear this. Uh, because it's it's a fascinating story, but I think it shows that we need to be praying for our leaders in the church even more. Because, as you know, I say in every show, Our Lady said it, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. We definitely need to be praying for our church leaders because many of them seem to have gone off the straight and narrow path and bought into the world, the devil, and the flesh because we can see what's going on in the church. But you don't run from the church. No. Don't run off to some sect or whatever. You don't do that. You stick it out. Why? Because the Catholic Church is the one true apostolic church. We've had bad popes. We've had bad leadership in the church before. But we pray for our leaders. We pray that they will come back to the perennial teachings of the church so that we can evangelize more souls and get souls to heaven. When we come back, we're going to tell the story of Glenn Beck's visit in 2012 in the Vatican that should alarm you, as it alarmed me, but it shows the needed prayer that we have for Holy Mother the Church. Stay with us, family. We'll be back after a quick break. This is Terry and Jesse on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse should be back momentarily. Before I get back into this Glenn Beck article, I want to give you some good news for your, we call it the need-to-know file. <clears throat> and 17,000 college students uh, this month were at a Missouri conference. It was a 
uh, Curtis Martin is the founder of Focus for College Students, or teaching the college students their faith. And I'm so impressed and so proud of him because, oh, I gotta, let me count the years. That's uh, 1990, uh, so that's uh, 10 plus. About 30 years ago, when he was a young man, I, I, he worked for St. Joseph Communications, where he recorded the Scott Hahn recordings in school for me, and I would pay him for that. And everyone, not knowing that he'd end up starting a wonderful group called Focus. So when you're around 45 years, you run into people that you think are just ordinary people, and they become extraordinary. But that's how it works when, with God's grace, because he can use the weak to confound the strong. So that's a good news story. All those students know their faith. They're, they're on fire, and Focus is a great group to keep the young people fired up about their faith. So, Curtis Martin, I'm proud of you, and I'm sure you're pleasing our Lord by teaching young people the faith. All right, getting back to this uh, Glenn Beck story. He's at Rome in 2012 for the consistory at which Cardinal Dolan was made a cardinal. Now, Beck was supposed to meet Pope Benedict, but it fell through, so he met many cardinals with Beck clarifying his own words. The good ones he met, the cardinals who were all about service. Beck explained that the day before the consistory, he was in a room. Now, this is what's scary. With all of the cardinals, his host cardinal was very kind and proceeded to tell him the reason why there were so many cardinals being made at that specific consistory. There is a war inside the Vatican, the cardinal said. What? You know, can you imagine non-Catholic? What are you talking about? Beck stated, recalling the reported words of an unnamed cardinal, there is a war between good and evil. Well, it doesn't get any be- uh, more basic than that. The cardinal continued, who told Beck that the cause of the war was the result of many political aspects. When this cardinal was describing was a deep state within the Catholic Church, just like we have it here in our country. Beck summarized it in his own words, adding, Benedict knew this and was out to stack the deck as he feared he had not much time left. So in other words, he wanted to pick the good guys to vote for the next conclave. A year later, Benedict retired. He is trying to make sure that after he's gone, there are good, enough good cardinals to fight back. Beck continued, quoting his cardinal's friend. Beck then went on to describe an alleged encounter he had at the time with a strikingly evil cardinal. What? <laughs> in this room, somewhere in Rome, in sort of a ballroom, we were standing there, Beck said, and this guy comes in, one of the cardinals that Beck didn't want to identify, but someone very high up, coming with all the politicians, ministers, and so on. Oh boy, here it comes, folks. The room got chilly. It felt like this is not a good guy, Beck relayed. There's the head. His cardinal contacted him. You should meet him. The cardinal told him. And so he and his wife did so. This was the spookiest guy he said I've ever met. Beck declared, stating he felt compelled to go away from him. Now, I'm not out to bash Catholics, he said. I'd rather ask to pray, the journalist insisted. Here, Beck made some important remarks. The evil had taken foothold. There are good guys in the church fighting, but there are also evil ones. Yeah, that's fair enough. Finally, Beck referred back to a story which dealt with the Fatima message about world about Russia spreading her errors 
throughout the world, announcing another World War II and ultimately a final battle. Beck, I'm calling you back to your roots, buddy. Get back to becoming a Catholic. It's true. Our Lady of Fatima, should that message should, should convince you that you should become a Catholic. All right, getting back. According to Beck, Benedict, then Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, admitted that the third secret of Fatima was not published entirely. Further summary of the story, Beck added that there was talk of a bad council, a bad mass, and bad leadership, all of which he came from Benedict himself prior to his election to the papal throne. It leads to the end of days, Beck concluded, adding that he does not think Benedict and Francis are on the same side. That's true. Beck himself believes Benedict was fighting real evil when he was the Pope and that when he was fighting, it was like the deep state. Beck believes this will all come out in this book that we're talking about. He said, Beck made a slight reference to a visit to Rome, and I believe LifeSite also has the story that um, uh, with the, the secretary of Benedict XVI telling it all in his book called, you know, Nothing But the Truth. So I think it would be important that you get this information and pray for the church because this is one of those stories that really just shows how the smoke of Satan has entered the church. Pope Paul VI in the summer of 1972 said that. And then I refer people to, to Father Murr's book on the Freemasonry. We know that the Freemasons have infiltrated the church. <clears throat> this is, again, uh, not conjecture. These are facts. And so I would say what we probably should be doing is praying so hard for Holy Mother, the church, uh, the, that we need to continue to make reparation for the sacrileges that are going on. I'll give you one story to show how bad it is. Again, not to, not to make you feel like, oh boy, this is, I'm, I'm demoralized. No, it makes me want to fight harder. I had a good friend of mine years ago, like 10 years ago. They had their order, they had to do some business in Rome. And this is, they uh, went to go use the bathroom and there were two Monsignors who were obviously homosexuals. Getting it on in the uh, bathroom. So what do you mean? These people are active homosexuals. And they're in the church. So this is why we're up what we, we need to be praying for Holy Mother the Church because these people want to change the Roman Catholic Church on moral issues, and it can't change. But I believe our Lord is calling people like you and I, who are just hoi polloi people, just simple folks, because our prayers will be heard. We will pray that our leadership, especially the guys like God rest his soul, Cardinal Pell, We've got um, Bishop Strickland. We've got uh, other bishops who are on on all of this and saying, look, we have to uh, do what we need to do to stop this revolution. And what we do is, again, we pray and we pray hard. Now, I would ask you all, if you get a chance, uh, to get a book to every priest that you know. Uh, the book is When Heart Speaks to Heart, a journal of a priest at prayer a Benedictine monk. And I've been rereading this book, and I think it's so beautiful because let me just share something that it said about Pope Benedict on page 89. 
It said, you'll do well to pray for my good servant, your father, Pope Benedict XVI. This was on November 10th, 2008. His reflection on it, from his reflection in front of the Blessed Sacrament, he said, Pope Benedict has a great need of our prayers for him. He is not entirely free to follow through on certain decisions that he has already taken in his heart. Pray, pray that the obstacles that surround him may be moved and that he may find collaborators who are loyal, pure, and true. And I thought, wow, that's interesting that they said that back in 08 because he sure did need that. And then the last thing I want to just, just say this. On page 91, it really sets the stage on how we're to respond to the evils in the church. The movement of persecution that is about to break out against my church will focus on three objects. In fact, this has already begun. It's begun right now. I will be attacked by my priests. They represent my Eucharistic face. The face of my priesthood is my face. Once again, mocked, covered with mud, spittle, and blood. They're Judases. Mm -hmm. I will be dishonored in the sacrament of my body and blood. We see that happening. You will see an increase of sin against the mysteries of my body and blood, sacrileges, desecrations, mockeries. I will be attacked in the weakest and most vulnerable members of my mystical body. This too has already begun, but it will increase until it reaches proportions that will oblige my father to avenge the blood of his beloved innocent. Is this powerful? Wow. For all of this, here's what the key is, folks. I've been saying it. We need to make reparation serving me and my priests and interceding for them, adoring me in the sacrament of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Praying for an end to the persecution of the weak, a little and the poor, those who have no one to defend them apart from me. The day is coming, and it's not far off. I will intervene to show my face in a priesthood completely renewed and sanctified, and when it will intervene to triumph in my Eucharistic heart by conquering power of the sacrificial love alone. When I will intervene to defend the poor, like in the vindicated, the innocent, the unborn, whose blood has marked this nation, so like many others, as did the blood of Abel in the beginning. And then he says, Now kneel and adore me in silence. Those are our marching papers. Yeah. And I, would, I know Bishop Strickland sent this book to every priest in his diocese as a gift. Why? Because the priests need to understand their role, right? As altar Christo, they're an other Christ. And we too, in a lesser degree, are here to share the message of Jesus Christ in spite of scandal. Now, Saturday, I'm going to be talking about that at the evangelization conference here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. If you haven't had a chance to join us, go to vmpr.org. I don't care if you're in the Philippines, wherever you are in the world, you can register to hear all the talks. And then you, once you get them, you can send them to your friends. I have no problem doing that. Get the message out because there's a desperate need in the church right now to share the gospel. Because what's happening is many of our leaders have dropped the ball.
we need to pick it up. There's an old saying, and this is, you know, you're on board a ship, and, um, you know, uh, the captain is, uh, an animal out, and they, it pooped on the front of the ship. You got to clean it up. So we have many of our leaders who are doing bad things in the church. We have to clean them up. Yeah, humbly clean up the mess by sharing the gospel. All right, when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about America. Has it become the greatest exporter of destructive ideas? That's the question. I think Dennis Prager nailed it. And he's going to talk to us about this in his article that he wrote. Stay with us, family. We're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, just as myself, we'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family. This is a good article to be praying about. Hit it, Jess. The Terry and Jesse Show, two Catholics with PhDs in common sense. I was uh, doing some apostolic work on the side, and uh, now, but I'm here with uh, where I should be. Amen, Jesse. Hey, we're just talking about the uh, America has become the greatest exporter of destructive mm. ideas. Our good friend Dennis Prager, uh, not, he's a Jewish man, but I'll tell you what, much it's a man of, of goodwill. Say, oh, I, I agree. 99%. Luke two fourteen. Yep, you got it. Man of goodwill. Here's what he says. At the present time, China's the greatest threat to world stability. Check that box. Yep. Russia's the world's premier aggressor nation. Yep. yep. And Islamist groups are the primary exporters of terror and religious totalitarianism. Yeah. yeah, this guy this guy's got his uh he's got a good head on his shoulders. And for the first time in history, America is the world's major exporter of destructive ideas. Sad Check but true. Check that box off. Yeah, sad but true. Yeah, very sad because I love this country. Me too. Prager writes, this is hard for me to write. One of my books is titled Still the Best Hope, Why the World Needs American Values to Triumph. It contrasts American values with leftist values and makes the case that the American value system is the finest ever devised. I define American values, what I call the American Trinity, as liberty, in God we trust, and e pluribus unum, Latin for from many one. The three American models found on American coins and banknotes. No other country has those three national models. The book maintains that any country can adopt those values and any country that does adopt those values will be a good society. Its citizens will be the freest in the world and that country will prosper. Indeed, those values are the reasons Americans have been the freest people in the world and America has been far and away the greatest land of opportunity in human history. But America has been gradually abandoning its unique value system and is consequently becoming a less free, less humane, less prosperous, more corrupt country. In fact, at this moment, America is no longer the best country, the exceptional country, it has been since 1776. There may not yet be a better country, but that is cold comfort. We are in the incredible position of being feared by many other relatively free societies, more than a few European countries, actually reject America's current values. Wow. I love to hear this. And the right to do so. Mm -hmm. The most obvious example of America in decline is the perverse American doctrine surrounding transgender issues. The sex gender of any individual is not a given fact. Men give birth. 
men who say that that they are women may compete in women's sports. Oh, and physicians in children's hospitals are right to surgically cut off the healthy breasts of young women and even girls who say they're boys? Are you kidding me? Crazy. America's war on truth, science, and children has rendered America increasingly an outlier in the, the Western world. More and more European countries are rejecting the perverse worlds of Yale and virtually every other American university awesome. of the New York Times and virtually every other mainstream left-wing medium of Boston Children's Hospital and virtually every other children's hospital and of the University of Minnesota Medical School and virtually every other medical school. Switzerland, get this, this has just announced... This is the nuts, right? This is really good. Yeah, these three paragraphs next are, are yeah. the nuts and bolts of the exactly. article. Because these are liberal countries. Yet, check this out, Switzerland has just announced that as far as the Swiss nation and government are concerned, <laughs> sex is not but is not they figure that not out? non-binary. I think that's yeah. great. They just looked at the birth certificate. Yeah, you think? In Switzerland, there are only two sexes. Yeah, just like Adam and Eve, there's only two sexes. Exactly. As has been the case in essentially every civilization in recorded history because that is the reality. Yep. Here's a, look at this. As reported by AP, but apparently not in the New York Times or elsewhere in the mainstream left-wing media, Swiss citizens are, are entered into the civil registry as male or female with no other option. The Swiss Federal Council declared the binary gender, gender model, that's male, male and female, is still strongly anchored in Swiss society. Sweden, the America's left most admired society until it broke with the rest of the West by allowing its children to stay in school during the COVID-19 hysteria. They got that right. Has also, has also broken with America on the transgender issue. Mm -hmm. Sweden's National Board of Health and Welfare ended the practice of prescribing puberty blockers for minors under age 18. And as of December, mastectomies will only be offered in the rarest of circumstances. Terry? Yeah, well, Thomas Ledden, ahead of the National Board, announced young people who suffer from gender dysphoria need to be be able to quickly receive an investigation and to be offered adequate care measures based on health and medical services, assessments of the care needs, good psychological care is fundamental. He said, in other words, if a Swedish teenage girl says she's a boy, Sweden will offer psychological care. Psych psychosocial. Psychosocial. Yeah, psychosocial care. Almost, thank you, Jess. Almost never hormone blockers let alone a mastectomy. So, see, they have more common sense there, sure, Jesse, yeah. and I just think it's great. Between Sweden's, Sweden's Sweden. new policy on gender dysphoria and it's allowing children to stay in school through the COVID-19 epidemic, an American, an American must sadly conclude that at this time in history, and this is a fact, I hate to have to say it, Sweden cares for its young people considerably more than American does. Jess? In England last October, the National Health Service announced, in the words of the Daily Mail, that, quote, children who believe they are trans are probably just going through a short-lived phase, close quote. Therefore, logic and morality say we should not make permanent life-altering changes to their bodies with drugs and surgeries. Here's common my sense. Comment. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, th so these liberal European countries have more common sense than we do in America. Oh, yeah. They're putting us to shame, yeah. morally speaking. Here's three good news items in the article. Actually, four good news items. Mm -hmm. Number one, 
In addition, the NHS England draft guidelines are part of the health services plan to close the highly controversial gender identity development service at the Tavistock Clinic, the country's only gender identity service for children. The Gender Identity Development Service, GIDS, is scheduled to shut its doors in the spring after a review ruled that the service was unsafe. Second good news item. Mm -hmm. Typical of the changes taking place in the UK regarding the transgender issues, Stella O'Malley, a psychotherapist and director of Genspect, an international transgender care group based in England, advised, professionals working with children need to make sure they aren't inadvertently causing harm by providing short-term relief that leads to long-term distress. Mm -hmm. At Genspec, we don't think changing pronouns helps anyone. (laughs) It creates more problems than it resolves. So this is in the UK. God bless him. Third bit of good news. In France, the National Academy of Medicine has issued a statement advocating psychosocial support rather than hormone blockers and surgery for young people with gender dysphoria. Good for France. And about Finland. Fourth fourth bit of good news. Finland has already enacted a similar policy decision as early as 2020. 13 European countries now reject the American non-binary attack on human sexuality and children. Sadly, with regard to children's well-being... There are many countries in which American parents would rather raise their children today. I never imagined I would ever believe that or Who actually would? be saying that. Who would, Jesse? This is, this is just you know, total nonsense. But you know what I've noticed, Jess? What, what's happened is when we throw God out of the equation of life, there the meaning go. and purpose of go. life, yeah. this is the kind of stuff we get. This, and this is what Pope Benedict, uh, rest in peace, yeah. this is what he called the dictatorship of relativism. Exactly. In other words, that those in power that don't believe in God and just believe in the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I, yeah. they would impose laws, uh, again, that just comport to their woke liberal ideology and force it upon the rest of us. It's This is sad to say because I love this country. So do I. But the USA has become a modern-day Babylon. The USA has become a modern-day pagan Roman Empire, and the, and many cities in the USA, Terry, have become modern Sodom and Gomorrah 2.0. And again, Jesse, this is what happens when you throw God out of the equation, and this is why evangelization is the answer. I mean, we can point out lots of problems in our own church, but you know what we have? We have the fullness of the truth to evangelize people that are so mixed up about reality yeah. that we want to share them what what is really real is that life is short and eternity is forever. That this little short visit yeah. on planet Earth is that's what it is, a short visit. This is not what this isn't it. What you do here will affect your life, mm. your soul's life for all eternity. And I don't think uh, we've done a good enough job to evangelize people because Jesse many of the people who are causing these problems are baptized Catholics I have to to say that yeah I think the worst people in power are baptized Catholics to be honest with you and I'll tell you who I I blame for this all this uh, liberalism and this woke ideology the mainstream media number one Hollywood the woke culture in our in our colleges and universities uh, our woke culture is manufacturing a mass psychosis and uh, the question that I have is, as can, can, can sanity return to an insane world? 
Without Jesus, it nope. surely can't. Nope. America's going through a psychotic problem. What's the definition of psychotic? It's a severe mental disorder in which thought and emotions are so impaired that contact is lost with external reality. Most Americans right now, especially those in leadership, are psychotic. Yep. And what happens when you have psychotic teachers, psychotic administrations, psychotic, psychotic politicians, and even psychotic church leaders, when we have these people in power, what happens to the next generation? We're raising a generation of monsters. If you don't believe me, just look at the young people that comprise Black Lives Matter, Antifa, Occupy Wall Street, Jane's Revenge, DC Shutdown. A good fraction of these young Americans, Terry, they're like zombies. So what's a zombie? A a zombie is a reanimated corpse. A lot of these young people that are Marxist trained, they're walking around, Terry. They don't have a moral conscience. They have no heart. And all they want to do is destroy whatever's in front of them. Well, Jesse, that's why we need to pray for our leaders in our church, because this is a Catholic moment. We can't let it go. We have to really evangelize the world now. And, you know, there's an old saying from the book, where's the church going, where its leaders take them. Let's pray for leaders that will truly proclaim Christ to the world. Stay with us, family. When we come back, we'll have more on the Terry and Jesse show. Yeah, we're too blessed to be stressed, even among all this. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. As the U.S. goes yeah. uh, on, on child sex changes, a lot of countries are having second thoughts. Good. That's a good thing. A lot of people are starting to say, you know what? The United States, the land of the free, the home of the brave, uh, maybe we should not follow all their practices. Mm -hmm. About half of the European Union member countries, uh, they've they've banned cross-sex surgeries for minors. For example, in Finland, Sweden, and in the UK, they've taken decisive steps back from childhood gender transitions amid growing concerns about the procedures, safety, and effectiveness. Child gender transitions including medications and surgeries, are legal throughout most of the U.S. Very sad to say that. Yep. And they have strong support from President, uh, unelected President Joe Biden, fake Catholic, <laughs> and other political leaders. Efforts to restrict the treatments for minors have been met with fierce backlash from politicians and the medical establishment. While the childhood gender medicine industry continues apace in the U.S., several countries in Europe are taking mm-hmm. steps to limit children's access to these irreversible procedures. Yep. Sweden's National Board of Health updated its guidance on children with gender dysphoria on December 16th and called for a strong caution regarding medical interventions, particularly mastectomies, pointing to a lack of research on the procedures. In France's Academy of Medicine, they urged great medical caution in administering cross-sex treatments to minors in February, pointing to the rapid increase in transgender identification amongst adolescents, the psychological vulnerability of these patients, and the harmful consequences of the medical interventions. Finland broke with the affirmation model even earlier. In 2020, the country announced that psychotherapy 
rather than biomedical interventions such as puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones should be the first line of response to children with gender dysphoria. And in the European Union, guess, check this out, 13 countries allow minors to request sex reassignment surgeries to allow it at 16 and older and 13 do not allow it for minors. Recently updated guidance for the UK's National Health Service for psychological support to be the primary intervention for, for children with gender dysphoria, shifting away from the model that's popular in America in which providers automatically affirm a child's gender, transgender status and offer biomedical interventions. The move came after an independent review of the Gender Identity Development uh, uh, Service at London Tavistock Clinic found that the service was rushing in young patients into puberty blockers and not adequately safeguarding children, prompting the government to shut down the clinic and replace it with smaller mental health focus centers. Finally, the UK's decisions drew a furious response from the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, which claimed restrictions on child gender, transgender, tra gender transitions constituted gatekeeping, which would likely uh, cause enormous harm and exacerbate the higher rates of suicidality. Of course. These children have suffered life-changing and in some cases irreversible effects of the treatment they received, which has resulted in long-term physical and psychological consequences for them. Tom Goodhead, CEO of a law firm bringing a suit against Tavistock, told the Daily Caller News Foundation in August, we must not shut down debate on account of a fear of discussing gender identity and those responsible must be held accountable. Well said. You know, Jesse, over 50,000 people in America who have had sex change have regretted it and they've, they, they've wow. signed a letter saying, stop it, this is bad. I don't know. I mean, you're, you're going to fill up Dodger Stadium with that many people and we're still doing this? What's it going to take? You know what it's going to take? I'll be honest with you, Jesse. It's going to take a new president, yeah, a new leader. Yeah, well, I'm going to be even stronger, Jesse. You're going to say A new pope. No, well, no. I'm going to say both, that both. sin, yeah. I'm going to talk about when we stop sinning, we'll yeah. stop being stupid. See, yeah. sin makes you stupid. And anybody who thinks that you can just tell a person who's, who's a biological male that you can be a female... They're stupid, okay? Yeah. They've lost the meaning and purpose of life. Sin makes them do some weird things. And if think about it, Jesse. This is demonic mm -hmm. because the devil, you've taught this. Father Chad talks about it. What does Satan do over the black mass? Just the opposite, right? Yep. So says, this really comes from the pit of hell. Oh, it sure does. The, the, the transgenderism, Terry, yeah. is the worst is the worst uh, is the family's worst enemy that we've yeah. ever come up against. Right. And, and, and St. Paul warned us about that something like this would happen. Mm. And uh, he says in 1 Timothy 4.1, he says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the later times, some will depart from the faith by giving heed, that means listening, to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Mm. The whole transgenderism is a doctrine of demons. That's right. And anybody who promotes this is a deceiver. The Bible warns us that the devil is the deceiver. Revelation chapter 10, verse 9. That's his title. He's called the deceiver. And John the Apostle says in 2 John 1, 7, many deceivers have gone out into the world. What's a deceiver? Somebody who misleads 
by words or by a false appearance or by a false statement to delude, to mislead, or falsely persuade others into a lie. This is a powerful lobby. This, this all comes from the LGBT lobby. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of a, 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 a little part of that huge lobby. But it's good to see, Terry, the European countries, oh, yeah. uh, many of them are coming back to their senses. Yep. Uh, and and uh, it, it looks like there seems to be national repentance over this. What it the, takes. The, yeah, the, that's what it takes. The Bible tells us that God will bless a country where there's national repentance. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, the Bible says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. America could be healed, but we we need national repentance. This is why we need good national leaders and local leaders as well because it says in Psalm 32 verse 2 Psalm 33 mm-hmm. verse 2 excuse me 33 verse 2 it says blessed is the nation whose god is the lord let people whom he has chosen for his inheritance see what the bible says blessed is the nation whose god is the lord when god becomes the lord and king once again of america uh all of this nonsense, Terry, yeah. is going to go away. Well, Jesse, I want to uh, just put something in your ear because the, uh, the spectator came out with Cardinal Pell's last testament. Just hours before he passed away, uh, he wrote a, a, a letter, a uh, article called The Catholic Church Must Free Itself from This mm-hmm. Toxic Nightmare. So I'm going to encourage people to read it because I think Jess and I are going to comment on it because it's, yes. it's a short article, but <clears throat> wow, uh, He's uh, he's calling the bishops out. He's calling the Holy Father out. He's he's basically saying that we need to the, the document about evangelization is not there. It's on on this uh, synodality. He says the document does not even urge Catholics to participate to make disciples of all nations. Matthew twenty eight sixteen to twenty. Much less preach the wow. Savior in season and out of season. Second Timothy four two. It doesn't even t- encourage people to repent. See, mm. this is all biblical language that Cardinal Pell's talking about. And I'd like tomorrow, Jesse, for you and I to discuss that as one of the segments for next, for tomorrow's yeah, what, show. What's the, to- what's the article? It's, it's, it's called it's, The Catholic Church Must Free Itself from This Toxic Nightmare. The Spectator. Oh, yeah, it's on The Spectator, right? Yeah, conservative uh, publication. But it's yeah. his last testament, really, because it's the last thing he wrote. And I'm just going to say this, Jesse. I don't mean yeah. to speculate, but I know the secretary who I met, uh, Father Joseph, they're doing an autopsy on Cardinal Pell because oh, there's wow. some suspicion if there's some foul play, they want to find out. And to be honest with you, Jesse, it wouldn't surprise me that there could be some foul play here on the death of Cardinal Pell. I know people would say, conspiracy theory, Terry. <laughs> hey, dude, look. Terry, at- conspiracy theories come true in about six months to a year. <laughs> yeah, All of them do. I, I know, but I'm just saying, let's pray that the truth comes out about his death. Maybe it's natural, but if it's not, it wouldn't surprise me because knowing what I know, Jess, uh, they wanted to get rid of him a couple years ago. Look what they did when he was oh, finding yeah. out about the money, the 1.5 billion euros that he said were unaccounted before. Yeah, they said they they they, they accused him. They they made up false charges. They yeah. had these kids uh, bring up bring up criminal charges. They put him in prison for a while, Terry. He was four hundred four days over, yeah, and here. and uh, and then it, he was it was overturned by a court of appeals. They yeah. said there was no crime. It was a right. it was basically it was all made up. Yep. 
But so, he paid a price for it. I mean, this guy's a this guy's a modern day white martyr. Yeah, I think so. But let's find out. And if it's, but at least his last testimony, I want you to hear what he has to say because it's like a parting advice to Holy Mother the Church to get back get back focused on the gospel, yeah. not the gospel of the world, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and uh, going back to our country, uh, I'm reminded what Ronald Reagan called America, and I hope we can go back to that. Oh, yeah. He called America a shining city upon a hill whose beacon light guides freedom-loving people everywhere. I hope and pray that we come, we become that city once again on a shining hill. Yep. Because let's not forget that God raised up America to be a light of revelation for the world. Mm-hmm. And that's the way a lot of the founding fathers saw America. Yep. And, uh, and again, as Catholics, we, how, what, what do we have to do? We have to pray America great again. Amen. Pray America great again. You nailed it. That's what we do. Reparation. And yeah. Jesse, I want to uh, just encourage our listeners to step up to the plate right now, be part of the solution, not by just complaining, but by offering our rosaries, our visits to the Blessed Sacrament. Get the confession on a regular basis. You know, I have to say, and this is kind of a, an indictment on myself, Jess, but my sins have contributed to the evils that are going on to the church. Because when I live a life centered on Christ, I will be that beacon that Bennett, that uh, Ronald Reagan said, because living holy lives is the best thing we can do for Holy Mother, the church. Yeah, because our sins affect other people right. in the body of Christ. That's what St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12. And it also our prayers yes. and, uh, and, our, and our good works also affect other people in the body of Christ. It's like throwing a rock in a pond of water. That's right. And you see those concentric circles go yep. all the way to the shore. Yeah. That's what sin and prayer does, one for the good and one for evil. Great analogy. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? Let's live in the state of grace. Don't live in the state of mortal sins. And remember, the Catholic faith is like a lion. It doesn't need defending. Just mm-hmm. let it out of its cage, and it defends itself. Amen. And don't forget, I say it all the time, Our Lady of Fatima's message. What a powerful message. She said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's not get distracted by this world. Let's make sure we offer up all of our actions. Everything's like a blank check. If, it, if it's given to Jesus Christ... It has infinite value. We can save souls by offering up all of our sacrifices every day for the salvation of souls, especially for our leaders in our church to do the right thing. So be part of Team Jesus here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. All right, Jess, final word, 15 seconds. Know your faith, live your faith, spread your faith. Amen. That's it. You nailed it. Hey, be with us again tomorrow, same time, same station on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God love you. 